Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We're both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 80. Today, we'll be discussing our top three winter activities for the music room and how we are adapting them for a virtual environment. We'll also talk about our highs and lows from the school week, share some ideas in a segment called Know Better, Do Better, share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And now it's to time to talk about our highs and lows from the teaching week. Uh, this week was our first week teaching virtually right after Thanksgiving, and we will be teaching virtually only um, until at least after our winter break. Yeah. So it's a whole new world or a, yeah. a whole new old world. Um, Carrie, how's it going? Got a high or a low? Um, I'm going to actually say generally hi for our first full week. This is my first experience at all teaching like, uh, you know, synchronous via Zoom music classes. When we went fully remote back in the spring, we pretty much did everything asynchronously. I had a couple of optional pop into music if you want to on Mondays, and I had very low attendance. Um, but this year now, it's required that all the students come to music class um, for the first, well, however long I wanted to be. So I've had some good success doing about like a 15 to 20 minute music class synchronously, and then I send them off to do asynchronous work, either on Google Classroom or Seesaw right afterwards. And I think in general, it's going pretty well. Attendance has been so much better than it ever was in the spring for either yeah. synchronous or asynchronous classes. I think the expectations were clearly laid out for the kids. I think we all know what to do as teachers. They know what to do as students. There's more accountability in. built in. It's like, this is for real. It's, this is not a drill. Totally. Yeah, we know what's happening. Yeah, and I'm particularly pleasantly surprised with my older students. In particular, I have a fourth, fifth grade combo class, and I've had almost 100% attendance. And I think that is really to the credit of their classroom teacher, too, that they have a morning meeting before music, and then she makes it very clear it's time for music class, and they know to, to find me and log in. And, um, and even my sixth graders, now granted, not anywhere near 100% participation, but I'm probably at a good... Between the synchronous and the asynchronous, I think I've had two-thirds of the kids engaged in some way, which is pretty good for sixth grade, <laughs> considering um, they are just kind of their own animal as far as they were hybrid before, and now they're fully remote, and in a way, I'm almost expecting them to do more than I did when they were hybrid, and I've been doing a lot of stuff on Soundtrap with them. Um, I'm not quite ready to, like, share it as far as, like, officially, because I'm still finding what's working and what's not working. When I have a better groove, I'll definitely talk about it on this podcast, but... Oh, and you'll tell me all about it, because I'm about to embark <laughs> yeah. on my first soundtrack project soundtrack project this week so yeah we're on our third one now and it's really cool because the kids who have been really engaged from the beginning they're getting the idea and they're coming up with some really cool stuff and I've my challenge has obviously been figuring out how to make it purposeful and meaningful in more than just hey here's a bunch of tracks layer them on together and call it done I mm -hmm. wanted to to show their knowledge a little bit better um, all that to say I'm just I've been pleased with attendance and the work of the students 
overall. It's been really fun. And then of course, you know, zooming with little kids is just hilarious. My, oh my, gosh, my youngest yeah. ones. Now I have them in the afternoons. The attendance is actually not as great for them just because I know a lot of them, they kind of finish for the day and then they forget they have to come back and do music. But um, the ones who have been coming, it's hilarious. They're just so darn cute. So they are. They're adorable. Yeah. It's just been so much fun. It's like, you know, yeah, I've seen those like cartoons of like what it's like to zoom with little kids where like one kid's like here's my dog and another kid's like super close up to the screen and then another kid like you're looking up their nose it's like it's exactly like that cartoon it just cracks me up every single time so that's my long-winded mostly high still working out the kinks but overall I've I thought it was a pretty successful week of teaching which is pretty good considering our environment so how about you Tanya you know I'm gonna go high too I mean of course there's always some some lows, but um, I think it was a really successful week because I um, I thought I was really prepared. And even when things were a little glitchy, we, we figured it out. And I had a lot better atten- attendance um, than I anticipated. Uh, that was excellent. And um, a lot of engagement. And I'm really using breakout rooms a lot and I'm lucky that I've had some experience since the beginning of the year because I have one third grade class and a kindergarten class that I've been teaching synchronously from the beginning of the year so I've had some time to play around and I just I love being able to use breakout rooms and then call them back and in some ways I kind of feel like they might even be more on task than if we were in person in the room you know, because they're all focused in one area. Um, and that's been really, really excellent. I had fifth graders who requested to go to breakout rooms because they were like, you know, can we share ideas on this project? And and then I said, okay, sure. And I threw them in breakout rooms in groups of three. And I always make sure that I check in quickly and I'm in and out and in and out of all the breakout rooms and they were on task. So that was pretty awesome. Um wow. And another thing I wanted to to share that was like, this is my official high, is I was Zooming with the fifth grade and they were doing that. Here's my dog. Here's my cat. And I said, okay, this is is great, fifth graders. I love seeing your animals. animals. We do have things to do for music. So how about this? What time is your lunch and how long do you get? And so they get an hour. And I said, okay, not mandatory at all, but... 11.05, if you want to come back, I will open up this Zoom room and I will be there too, but it will be a pet show and tell. And then I had another student who said, well, can we show other things too? Can we just do a regular show and tell if we have something different? I said, absolutely. And I had like 13 kids show up to show their pets. I had a couple of kids who showed something. I had one um, student who she showed her artwork that she's been working on. And then I had another student who was doing some back handsprings in the basement to show us. (laughs) I know I was like, well, hey, make sure. um," She's like, I do this every morning. I have a conditioning routine I have to go through. I'm like, cool. Thanks for sharing. Um, But 
So this whole building community, this past week, I was really making sure that we were intentional about building community online, even though, I mean, I know these kids, we've built community in the, in the classroom. I just want to make sure we carry it through and it's been working really well. And the little kids, you're right. I um, opened the room five minutes early. And if I have um, kids that show up five minutes early, then we do a song request where we all sing together and they choose the song. So Aww. I had some exuberant kindergartners who wanted to sing a bunch of Christmas songs. It was five minutes before class started. And so we just all sang at each other until it was officially time for class to begin. I love it. So now it's time for our main theme, and this is a, a continuation of our three-year anniversary celebration. I had this <laughs> cheesy idea to do things in threes. Everything's so, in threes. <laughs> three years ago, we posted our very first, first podcast, and it was actually all about our favorite winter activities to yes. do in the music room. So if so you now, want more in a non-COVID world, you can go listen to episode number one. I would be afraid myself to listen to episode number one because I think that we've learned a lot about podcasts. I haven't listened to episode number one in a very long time. And yeah. I mean, it wasn't horrible. Um, it's way shorter than our normal episode. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so we are gonna, we're gonna revisit some of our favorite winter activities. And it's very possible that we might be repeating some things because these truly are just kind of our favorite go-to things. However, um, you know, we are having to modify things, whether you are like us seeing kids, you know, via Zoom right now, totally remote, or even if you're in person, but having to socially distance, there's probably ways that you have to, you know, modify some of your favorite activities, some of your favorite go-tos. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Yes. Okay. And I okay. guess I'm going first. Yeah, you give us give us a tried and true. And you know, I know for sure I've talked about this again, but but it's so it's so good and I'm proud of this little No apologies, of, just tell us. of ideas. So, um using as inspiration the book Snowman at Night and this is something I would do with first grade kindergarten to talk about high and low, going higher, going lower. And the whole idea is, you know, visually and scientifically relating this idea of lower sounds being bigger and referring to barred instruments that way and smaller sounds or higher sounds being smaller. So, you know, we talk about when you make a snowman after we read the book Snowman at Night, when you make a snowman, you always put the biggest ball of snow at the bottom and then you move your way up from there. And then I pull out, whether it's tone bars or a xylophone, and I show them how the biggest bar, this is the lowest sound and we play them up and we play them down. So I, I plan on repeating this activity again. I haven't done it yet this year. This actually usually happens for me in January technically, but it could happen in December for sure. It's winter, um, not necessarily holiday, but winter, which is another thing that I like about it. Um, so the idea is we read the book Snowman at Night and then, which is by Carolyn Buner, I believe is how you pronounce it. It's a very popular book. I'm sure it's most people have seen book. it. It is. And then um, we sing, I believe, this is from, yeah, it's in the Amadons I'm Growing Up book. There's a little sweet song that goes, once there was a snowman, 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 snowman. When, once there was a Okay, snowman. we can't sing together, Tanya, because we're getting the Zoom. 
oh, we're yeah. this boom echo. So Sorry. I will, that's okay. I'll put it in the show notes and people can refer to it or buy the book. I'm growing up by uh, Peter and Mary Alice. Or you Adelaide. can sing it and I won't, I won't make noises. No, it's okay. I'm not going to sing the whole thing. I'll put it in the show notes though. Okay. But um, it's a sweet little song. We pantomime making a snowman, but then I add to the end, um, down, 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 snowman falling to the ground or actually, sorry, snowman melting to the ground because that's the whole point of snowmen at night is in the day they melt and they droop. So this idea of going down melodically and then I use those um, tone bars that are like individual bars, each one, and then I have those stair step ladder things so I can actually show the students that the smallest bar goes on top. And normally in my classroom, I would have each student come up and take a turn playing the tone bars down. Now, if I were in my classroom right now in a socially distant way, what I would do is I would give every kid a mallet at the beginning of class and I would call one student up to the tone bars at the time to play with their mallet, but there would never be any sharing of mallets. And then I would have all the students pantomime with their one mallet playing down in the air. I don't know why I wouldn't do this normally because then it keeps them busy and it gives them something to do while that one kid is playing. Um, in this virtual world that we're in, I'm going to be using the virtual xylophone that's on the Music Play website, and I will link to that. I believe that everything on the Music Play website like this is still free and open to all teachers. Thank you, Denise Gagne and team for that. Um, so they have a virtual xylophone. now. When it gives them the virtual xylophone, it's like a typical ORF xylophone where you go from C to a high A. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show the students how to remove the bars. So they're just going to, we're just going to do it in C major and we're going to go from C to C. So in our little Zoom meeting, I'm going to show them how I remove the bars, start on C, go down to C, and then I'm going to push the link out to them and I'm just going to let them play. I don't know if I'm going to have them try to do a video or something on Seesaw. I might have them do a little singing activity where I draw like a snowman with actually an eight tiered snowman and have them like click and point on seesaw while they sing the down 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 pattern so they're doing something visual but also recording their voice I haven't gotten quite that far but um, I still plan on using the book and the activity and the song to teach them going high and low and relating it to barred instruments Wow. That's my big, long snowman spiel. You know, that's really funny because I'm going to be talking about going higher and going lower too. Yeah. Yeah. It's the snowman. It's cute. It's the season. And I've got some snowmen um, tie-in. In fact, um, I'll use yours as a transition to, to my snowman. I like it. And then I'll talk about the other song that I'm just going to use with, oh, like everybody. Um so I'm not generally a fan of scale songs, yeah. but I do use a few. I mean, there's a couple I use. Um, so a scale song is one where you sing up a major scale and then there's like a singing down the major scale. Right. So the one that I'm using is there was a little snowman. He had a carrot notes. Along came a bunny, and what do you suppose? That funny little bunny looking for his lunch Eat that little snowman nose, nibble, nibble, crunch, 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 right? I know so, a snowman song that's just like that, but different lyrics. So that's really oh, funny, sing but it. it's another scale song. Um, okay. This is in the old Share the Music series, first grade, I believe. I have a little snowman. He is so fat and round. I made him from a snowball. I rolled upon the ground. He has two eyes, a nose, a mouth, a nice warm scarf of red. 
buttons on his coat, a hat upon his head. Sorry, I haven't sung today. Down, 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 snowman melting to the ground. Oh, so there you go. Same we'll idea, put, different lyrics. Yeah, we'll put both lyrics in there. Yeah. You know what? I could definitely see taking your descending and attaching it to my first part. Well, yeah. <laughs> Instead I of mean, saying, oh, I, I could do for kindergarten, I could go crunch, 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 because it's easier. Yeah. But we could sing um, in first grade, down, 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 snowman melting to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't, I have not used Snowman that. mashups. Snowman, yeah, snowman mashup. Oh, yeah, and then you could take it into third grade, and we could really, you know, add it to Soundtrap and do a little beat. Okay, I haven't thought that through. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Um, yes, so I'm going to be using that as a going up and going down um, song. And I was thinking that this is going to be really great on Seesaw because I'm going to just put a snowman visual and have both first graders and kindergartners sing the song and record their assignment will be to sing the song, but also to, as they're singing, um, at least for the descending part, to show them marking it with a highlighter or marking it with a marker as they are singing down, down, or crunch, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's so, what I was thinking too. I just haven't put it quite together, but that's funny. You and I are thinking. Oh, the same I haven't thing. either, but it's it's in my head. It's all yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I was going to be doing that for first graders and second graders because yeah, we need to explore the going up and going down. But I did not know about this virtual xylophone. So now I'm thinking about how can you know I could totally add that. Yeah. I could steal your idea that I got right now, right here. Well, we're kind of mashing our two ideas together, which I love because we did not plan this whatsoever. No, we did not. We did but not our brains work very similarly. Yes. All right. So now I'm going to move on, though, to frosty weather, snowy weather. When the wind blows, we all get together. Ooh. Now in the Jill Trinker resource, um, which one is it in? I think it's in volume one. Um, Anyway, this is a uh, song that um, Dr. Trinka has added at the end. Uh, one, two steps back and one, wait, one step. Something back and a one, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah. So I've, I don't, I honestly don't remember where I got this vocal exploration at the end idea from. I will tell you, I don't think it was me. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. Um, you know, we all take ideas from each other and I wish I could credit whoever it was but I really like that vocal exploration at the end and if we were in person we would be making a circle and this would be first grade second grade um, kindergarten as well I do do it a little bit with kindergarten but it's got this um, me Ray Doe that's just so wonderful in second grade and also this is great to revisit uh, in third grade even though we've been low-lying it, um, this is great to bring down as a great pentatonic song, right? Yeah. Um, so we would be in a circle, we would be taking hands, and we would sing, frosty weather, snowy weather, when the wind blows, we all get together. And then we drop hands, and everyone steps into the circle, and then back out as we descend our little vocal exploration. Well, we're not all, t I mean, when the wind blows, we all get together on Zoom. Yeah. Um, so 
instead i'm just going to it's 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 kind of dorky but you know things will translate that uh, oh that we will do this on zoom with the same motions but we're not in a circle and after we sing it the first time we change it up so instead of saying when the wind blows we all get together i will tell them ahead of time that okay this time i'm going to say when the wind blows people wearing red get together and if you're wearing red then you're the one who come in to the middle of the circle and go Ooh, and then step back into the circle right mm -hmm. so i'm just going to do the same thing and just encourage them to like step forward and then step back right yeah. so we're just going to be doing this standing i'll ask for like a beat motion during the first part of the song before the vocal exploration and then we're just going to you know people wearing uh, people who have dogs get together Ooh, right so we're just gonna do this they'll be on mute and this is one of those things that it didn't take a lot of um it, adjusting but it'll still go over because i have noticed i don't think they are moving in unless it's us or pe i don't think there's a lot of movement going on in the regular class and i've been really trying making sure that kindergarten through third grade there's a time where we're moving and we're standing up and moving right mm -hmm. um so that's what I'm going to be doing with frosty weather, and I'm going to be doing with with K one, two, and even a little bit three. Um, for kindergarten, this is going to precede my. There was a little snowman because I just want them to on a on the seesaw. I'm going to ask them to just do a vocal exploration of them going woo and I'm gonna put like just a, a snowflake background and like a wind gust in there for them to right. follow. Easy peasy um, and vocal exploration is always worth doing and now that we can sing more 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 because we're not in the same room I'm gonna make sure that the vocal exploration is still happening especially with kindergarten. Yeah, and I'm finding with some of those types of seesaw activities, it's it's almost easier than if you were in your classroom because they're at home and you're not getting all the background noise of them all recording at the same time. And exactly. some of my kids who are a little shy and hesitant in the classroom to do vocal exploration, especially in any solo way, are just fine doing it at home because they're on their own, you know? So that's, yeah. that's actually a bonus. I was also thinking while you're talking about doing it on Zoom with frosty weather, you know how much the kids love to bring stuff, especially the little ones that if you told them ahead of time to like bring a Kleenex bring a tissue that could oh, be yeah. like their snowflake and they can like ooh with their snowflake or like even like a ball of socks that could be a snowball that they throw in the air yeah you know, having them bring a prop like that to use could be fun too or even like in your zoom you could do one of those like fold up a piece of paper and cut it out and make a snowflake and then they have their own snowflake to add some ooh. art into it your husband would love that <laughs> Wow, that might be a little intense. Uh, I'm just <laughs> picturing someone cutting their snowflake in half and me being on the Zoom trying to console somebody. Well, that but is true. You know what? Maybe, 
my daughter for for children's chorale they made a snowflake for in her choir and then they used it as a prop for their recording and she had a bit of a meltdown during zoom when they were making it because she folded her paper wrong and then she was like i don't know how to go back i mean i'm like it's not a recording you can't go back and watch it (laughs) so yeah never mind i take it back maybe you could like give them ahead of time a video of how to make a paper snowflake and they can do it ahead and bring it with them and if they don't have time, bring a Kleenex. I don't know. I'm just throwing <laughs> ideas out there. We're just brainstorming with the snowflake. I did um, Kleenex ghosts in class. It was like on a whim once, and I was like, had some extra time or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they need a prop. Normally, I would get out scarves, but I can't get yeah, out yeah. scarves. So I walked around with the box of tissues, and I told each kid, grab a tissue. That's your ghost. And we were doing that at Halloween time. So that I have done that as well. And it was funny because I've done that a couple of times. And one time I had a kid after class who said, Miss Lejeune, I don't feel good about about us wasting all these Kleenex. Oh, yeah. And then the kids are like, I have to throw it away. I'm like, well, you didn't use it. So you could put it in your pocket if you really wanted to. Yeah. And then use it when you have a runny nose. Right. All well, right. Should we move on to our second brilliant the idea? The second exciting winter activity. <laughs> so yes. this one's definitely more for older kids. I love to do a variation of the cup game. You know, the classic, uh, you know, tap, tap, hit the cup, clap up, down, you know, AKA the pitch perfect cup game as my kids call it. But I'm like, this has been around a lot longer than pitch perfect. There's yeah, don't great... fight it. Just, you know. I know. No, I know. Um, so it works really well with the song Slay Ride. And there's actually a, a specific version that has inspired me and i'll link to it um there's a youtube video of it the leroy um, anderson is not that version because i've tried this with the leroy anderson one and oh my Woo. it goes too fast yeah i think she oh. does it with the leroy and okay well, now wait a second it depends on how you do it so you could do it um you know you you, you could slow down your movements of the cap game totally yeah. Yeah. So. And you can you can make variations, obviously. Now I will say that typically I teach the cup game like at the beginning of um like a fifth grade year. Sometimes I've done it with fourth graders. Um and we just use like fiaskern, something that starts really slow and it builds up faster, faster, faster. So by the time we get to December in a typical year, my students already know the cup game pretty well and they're ready to go fast. So this is kind of like a variation on something they already know. I will say the version I love to do with it is the pentatonics version, which is fast. It's very peppy. And I've actually done this at the end of a of a winter themed music program before and we all use like red solo cups to to do the sleigh ride cup game which was really cute okay um, so i want to know are you going da 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 clap clap ba, da, da, clap up down clap turn touch touch change pat down are you going yes clap clap no the first one oh cool yeah it's fast it's very fast and then when you get to the second section there's like kind of more of just like a we're tapping on the cup kind of thing or you're tapping the cup in your hand to make the sound of like the hoofs or when i did it in my program they were sitting on the floor or sitting up with tables in front of them and they were tapping the cups on the table and it sounded like horse hooves as oh cute oh horse so i will put the original version on uh, that i that I used, and there's lots of versions of this on YouTube, but I, I will put the version that inspired me. And then if I'm ever feeling up to it, I'll do an official version of what I do now. Cause I took the one that she posted and I changed it a little bit. Um, so in a normal, if we were in person, normal year, we would do this in my classroom, actually sitting in a circle so that when they put the cup down, they're passing it to the person on their right. So can just, you tell us just like talk through your 
your movements? Because I know there's like slight very, I know yours and mine are different. Well, the main, so for the A section, the main theme, it's uh, clap, clap, tap the cup, clap up, down, where they pick it up and put it down. This is hard to do on Zoom. I think I should just make a video, Tanya. No, but I want to hear the words you use. Oh, the words that I use. Okay. I say clap, clap, tap the cup, clap up, down, clap, twist, tap floor, left, boom, slam. Okay. And I'm like doing it in the air. Um I actually, there's an old video of me doing the cup yeah, I was going to say, we did Instagram. this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But for, for Sleigh Ride, I do something, there's something different for the B section, and then there's something different for the C section. So anyways, I'll do a video of it. It's really cute. So normally in the classroom, we'd sit in a circle so we can pass cups. In a socially distant classroom, I would just give them each their own cup, and there would be no passing of the cups. And then at home, I'm just going to tell them ahead of time, hey, you're going to need to bring a plastic cup to our Zoom today, and I'm going to review the pattern with them, teach it to them step by step. And then I might do like a flip grid type situation where they have to, and then like send them the link to the song on YouTube where they have to show me. So they have to know how to open two tabs on their Chromebooks. I think most older kids know how to do this by now. So they start the music or start the flip grid, start the music so you can hear the music while they're doing the cup game and see if they can make a video of themselves showing it to me. That's my plan. I haven't okay. done it yet, but I'm going to do it this week. So we'll see. How and you're going to report back and tell us how brilliant it was. Oh, I'm sure it's going to fail. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm sure like most things, like some kids will take to it and love it. And some kids, I mean, and this, the cup game in general is one of those things that some kids absolutely love and they want to do it all the time and see how fast. And some kids, they just get so frustrated by it. They shut down. So, all right, Tanya, what is your winter activity number two. Okay. Well, I have a, a couple different ones I was going to mention, but I think I'm just going to mention one nutcracker thing. And I know it's, um, it's nutcracker time and we're crazy about all the nutcracker. There's so many things that you can do yeah. with the nutcracker. I was just thinking, I was getting a little sad about how there's no performances going on I know. of the nutcracker. Um, but that's, that's how it is. Um, one that I like to do with older students is I like to focus on the march and on the form of the march. And I have a body percussion activity that I did not create. Um, and I, again, I think I've got a written, well, I really don't know where I got this body percussion um, from, but it goes with the march. And basically it is stomp, pat, 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 clap, clap, snap. And I, maybe I've talked about this before. Maybe I've made a video. Have I done that, Carrie? It's possible, but okay. talk about it again, because now oh. we're going to talk about how you're modifying it. So that's exciting. Yes. So we're going to do this standing, and this is with the older kids. I'm going to do this with fifth grade. I think I might also do it with fourth grade and see how, how it goes. And then if it's not going well, I can always modify. But so it's uh, with the march, we go stomp, pat, 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 pat. And that pat, 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 pat is patting on our legs, alternating. It doesn't matter if it's right or left to start. And then it's clap, clap, snap in the air. Stomp, pat, 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 clap, clap, snap. And then for eight beats, we have our thumbs up. And we just do, I call it a thumb dance. Thumb, thumb dance for 16 beats, right? So this is the A section. And it, and it repeats. Stomp, pat, 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 clap, clap, snap. Stomp, pat, 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 clap, clap, snap. And thumbs 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 and thumbs. B section is the opposite. So, 
when we get to the B section, the, um, where it descends, we descend our body percussion. And we start with a snap, clap, 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 pat, pat, stomp. Makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going down with the melody too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then our thumb dance is only for eight beats. Mm -hmm. And then that repeats, so this is the B section. Snap, clap, 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 pat, pat, stomp. I am so sorry if my inner, if your inner hearing is not matching up with my mess of a singing it. Um, and then it it's goes back to the, the rhythm. <laughs> yeah. And we go back to the A section, right? So it takes a little while to teach this. During the C section, and this is, this is nice for form because it's perfectly mirrored. We have an A section, we have a B section, in the middle is C, and that's 32 beats of a C section. And then we go back to B and then we end with a big old A. There's an A before that B. But oh, yeah. sorry. There's an A, B, A, right? Yeah. A, B, A, C, A, B, A. Yes. Yeah. Um, during the 32 beats in the middle, we just dance um, in place with our heels um, kicking out for 32 beats. It's nothing fancy, okay. but it's, it's kind of fun. Sometimes we, we swirl in circles while we do that. Right. Um, and then at the end, when we revisit this A section, because there's more stuff going on in the A section, when we are doing our thumb dance, we add in ski salt slalom jumps side to side. Nice. Yeah. So this is something I can easily do on Zoom, but the extra thing that I'm excited about, um, and I can't wait to see how this goes, going to happen tomorrow is I'm going to then put them in breakout rooms in groups of three and then I am going to ask them to create their own nice so I think I'm going to give them a choice I was originally thinking like one one student's in charge of the a section one's in charge of b and one's in charge of c but you know what they can just collaborate on all of it if they want or they can do it however they want. So I'm interested yeah. to see um, what they come up with. I haven't thought about how we're going to do the, because in, in a class, we would just have different groups perform for us, right? Um, maybe, well, I don't know how we would do it on Flipgrid if it's like a group of three kids. Anyway, I got to think through that. But yeah. um, I thought that that would be um, a way to bring it into more collaborative because this is something I'm concerned about on zoom is the whole back to the sage on the stage I don't want to do that but yeah. I also don't want like 20 kids having to hang out and listen while I have a conversation with one of them right or you know it's tricky so this is why I am embracing the breakout rooms yeah and they've been going really well it's important to always give them roles like there's a one student in the group who's in charge. You can even go further with that saying, okay, this student is in charge and making sure you stay on track and on task. And this student is in charge of making sure things are written down. I mean, you can, you can use those roles that you might use in any group situation. And it's really important to pop in and out of the breakout room. So yeah, so this is what I'm going to explore this next week. That's awesome. Are you going to teach them your version first and then say, now I want you to make your own so they get the idea of what the form is, right? Before yes. That time. Yeah, that exactly. makes sense. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, depending on, I mean, I'm ready to dial it down. Maybe, maybe it's something like you have to figure out something for the 32nd beat, 32 beats of the C-section. Yeah. Yeah. 
I kind of want to see how it goes. Totally. Yeah. Well, report back. We'll be excited. I, I will. Okay. So what about <laughs> your last, your third fantastic activity that's just going to be so awesome and fun? All right. Well, I mean, this is nothing new and innovative for as far as I'm going because I just buy someone else's stuff, but it's good. So I bought a few years ago, Alien Miracle. We love her. Her Christmas Carol bingo set. And for the last few years, the last day before winter break, whatever class I happen to have that day, we always play Christmas Carol bingo because typically that's like a jammy day in my school. And I usually like pull up like one of those cheesy YouTube fireplace at home videos and I have that going on my smart board while we're playing Christmas Carol bingo and they they get candy canes for prizes and it's just like this lovely cuddly snuggly day and I love doing it with I mean I will say I it's usually third grade and up any younger I think that they just don't have the musical vocabulary enough to <laughs> know all of these songs yet um so my plan is um to try to do this virtually and I'm thinking the best way to do this is I'm gonna create a jam board and I'm gonna page... talk about this yeah oh. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. Each page of the jam board, I was going to put a card of the Christmas Carol Bingo. I was going to take a snapshot of it, put it on the page. And then ahead of time, I mean, I have fairly small classes, so I think I can do this pretty quickly. I was actually going to put the kid's name on each card, my classes that I'm going to see that day. Because I'm only going to end up doing it twice because I have one sixth grade class and then I have one combo fourth and fifth grade class. So I think I can easily create, I'm a fast typer. Um, if you didn't want to do that, you could just have it numbered, you know, obviously the pages number and you could just have a spreadsheet or even tell the kids you're one, you're two, you're three, whatever. And then they're going to mark it as they go. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, and then I thought while we're playing it on Zoom, I might even like screen share the fireplace at home. So we still have our fireplace because that's my that's a lot touch. of That's a lot of tabs to have open. Well, for <laughs> me, for them though, they're just going to have their own jam board and they don't even have to be necessarily looking at me and I mean they could um, but yeah they're gonna no, have to oh have their... so you're gonna make the fireplace your virtual background is that what you're saying oh that oh it could and then it would look like I'm like sitting in front of the fire oh yeah okay good idea that's exactly what I'm gonna do um well, I might even like tell them if you have hot chocolate bring hot chocolate and just like make it like a fun you know cozy day before break you know, okay. So can I add on to this? Yes. I mean, I do have a different thing that I was going to mention, but it's a very simple thing. Okay. So I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, and with the Jamboard, because I have seen, you know, groups use, I've done this with my actual um, mentor um, inductees groups where people go to different pages of a jam board and have mm -hmm. to fill that out. But yes, I was thinking also of doing it with the jam board. Now, I also have Aileen's Christmas Carol Bingo. I love you, Aileen, but I can't stand I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> so I last year ended up making my own because I also wanted to include um, songs that we were that we had done in the yeah. music room. So it's not all Christmas necessarily. I've got yeah. some other songs in there. And so this year, my I'm gonna extend that further because you can find online places where you can quickly um, there's like bingo generating right part things so yeah. i'm gonna crowdsource this year oh yeah good idea so i'm gonna first set up a jam board 
where kids go and, or it could be a Padlet. Maybe it'd be easier to do it on a Padlet. So I'm going to have kids give me like two of their favorite Christmas or Hanukkah or songs this time Winter. of year. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to take those titles and put them into a bingo board. Now, last year I was just like, nope, I want to hear this. Nope, I want to hear this. So last year it was very teacher driven mm -hmm. because I was like, you know what? I want last Christmas on there. And you know what? I want, you know, that kind of thing. So this year I'm going to crowdsource for the bingo boards and then plug them in and then throw them on a jam board where each kid gets a different card. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, well. You might have to supplement though, right? I know. I, mean, I know when I'm ready to do that. That's fine. Yeah, I'm thinking you're going to get a lot of pentatonics, little drummer boy, and like, you know, kind of the, the hits of the day, you know. Right. Well, that's okay. Yeah, you know. right. That's what I'm saying. You're probably going to need to give them more variety. But I, I love that idea of giving them that, that choice and voice that we keep talking about. We're trying to incorporate more of. That's awesome. Right. Now, here's something I haven't figured out. What are you going to do if someone gets a bingo? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I played a game the other day in a Zoom. It was like a silly, I don't remember what it was. It was like an elimination style game. I played it via Zoom. And the kid who won, I was like, you get to unmute and tell everybody what you are asking for for Christmas this year. <laughs> that was the prize. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there will be very much prizes. It'll just be for fun. I mean, we also have a class dojo going on, so I could give them dojo points and that kind of thing. But okay. it's going to be more for the joy of playing it. And you have to, and I mean, I know you know, but um, it, it's, it's good to know your kids ahead of time that maybe if they don't celebrate Christmas. Yes, of course. Yes. And I, and I know because I've been in my school and I know my kids that in these particular classes, every, every student celebrates some form of Christmas to the, you know, I don't need to um, make sure that I have totally different activities, but I agree. And that's something I thought of too, that I like doing Christmas Carol bingo, but something in general, I'm, I'm trying to do more and more is really decenter Christmas. And we talked about this over, uh, off mic too, Tanya, this, yes. I really don't do a lot of Christmassy things. I really don't. Um, if I do, it's more winter themed or like nutcracker, which yes, there's some Christmas, but it's not totally Christmas. And then obviously we do lots of learning about holidays from around the world, different you know, cultures and religions and those kind of things too. But I really just focus a lot more on winter, to be honest, because Again, it's just a, a great lot easier. Segue yeah. For me to just mention my last little thing doesn't okay. take much. Um, I'm making a choice board. We have a, a few asynchronous days coming up because they are testing days. So I'm not going to be Zooming with the kids and yet I need to put something out there. So I'm doing, I'm making a choice board of December holidays and I'm trying actually to decide if I should even include Christmas. Yeah. So I was going be, to, yeah. yeah, it might be that um, on this choice board that there is no Christmas and they have to click on two different holidays and learn about them. And there will also be like a video to go to. And I'm just going to make a very short and sweet uh, Google form. What did you hear? What, what stuck out to you most about Los Posadas or what stuck out to you most about Boxing Day or Kwanzaa, or, you know, so that's going to be a very simple, very simple thing. And initially I thought maybe I won't have any accountability, but you know what? They do it more if I have that little piece. 
Yeah. And it's just a good habit for them to always know there's always something that they have to respond. Yeah. And I want to make it easy. I don't want it to be like cumbersome, but yeah, yeah, I do want them to do it. My daughter had a very similar activity. It wasn't music, but it was just about holidays, December holidays that she did for school this last week. And she had to go on Seesaw and they just recorded a video um, saying two, two new things they learned, <laughs> you know, oh, while yeah, they were and doing... that, that's, a, that's good for the younger ones. for Yeah. Sure. Just to do yeah. Seesaw or Flipgrid for the older kids. And now it's time for our Know Better, Do Better segment, where we discuss something that we are trying to keep at the forefront of uh, making sure that we are um, meeting all of our students' needs and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, because after having the conversation that we just had off mic, I'm kind of like, yeah, thinking things go. Right. Okay. Well, it's have Carrie. It. We'll Carrie's going to tell us. On mic. So, um, <laughs> my, my thinking this week after doing Zooms all day with my students, synchronous work, um, is just reminding myself and reminding you who is listening, you know, just to have that bit of empathy and understanding for our students at home situations. So I am coming from a situation where I work at, well, I'm at two schools this year, but my home school is what we would consider a highly impacted school. Um, it's a Title I school. We are like 95% free and reduced lunch. I have only ever worked at Title I schools until this year that I'm paired at a school that's not Title I, but close to being Title I. So it's still a lot of highly impacted families. And I say this because even if you're not working in a Title I school, you can still obviously have families that are feeling financially burdened, especially during these COVID times. Um, and so what I mean by that is, you know, that that level of frustration that can be so easily felt about engagement and students not showing up to Zoom meetings. So, you know, I've had some interactions with parents where I've, you know, written them a private dojo message and I always try to frame it positively. I've really missed seeing so and so on our Zoom meetings. Is there any way I can help? And oftentimes the answers I'm getting is, well, I have to work, you know, totally understandably so. And they're staying with my mom and she doesn't have have Wi-Fi and she does not understand how to get them on or um, you know students who are on the zoom but their background noise and the amount of family members who are in the room and the lack of a you know a structured educational environment for that child in their house I mean that is just the reality of so many of our kids whether it's just due to the amount of people or their wi-fi is best in the kitchen so they have to sit at the kitchen table but then you know mom's in there and she's taking care of the toddler and you know a lot of this does have to do with finances and social so socioeconomic status I can't talk but a lot of this is just the reality of all of our families because of so many people being at home at once and all that so yeah. I just say this, um, one of the ways that I've, I've really, you know, try to be proactive about this is anytime that I'm presenting something new and I'm saying present in a very like Kodai-ish way. So this last week I presented the rhythm T-Tika to my fourth and my fifth grade combined class. So knowing that I'm going to have at least a couple of kids who don't show up on the Zoom at all. And then I'm probably going to have some kids who are on the Zoom, but they're having a hard time focusing because there's a lot going on in their house. 
I also made a Nearpod. And so basically in the Nearpod, I have a video of myself representing Titika as I just did it using the song that we just did. And then it went in on in the Nearpod to have them do some practice where they're practice writing Titika alone. And then some four beat dictation where they're writing rhythm patterns with Titika. And then I finished with a little quiz where they had to answer questions about Titika. How many sounds does Titika have? Which sound is longer? How many beats does it take up? Those kind of things. So not only am I getting this great automatic feedback that I don't necessarily get when I'm presenting in real life in person, but I'm also providing that opportunity for those students that if they weren't on the Zoom or if they couldn't focus, they can hear that, they can access the, the material the same way anyone who was on the Zoom and had a quiet environment was, was hearing the material. So that's really my, my know better, do better is no matter who you have in your, in your class and what you consider your, you know, title one level of your school to be or whatever it's always good to be understanding and proactive as far as having ways for students to be able to access the information if they're not able to do it live exactly and i i what i love about you uh talking about the nearpod and using that is that this is something that students who um you know need to see that because they were distracted or because they weren't able to join, that's good for them. But it's also just awesome for the kids who were there and fully engaged. So it's it's a different, something different that um, that gives them accountability. But mm-hmm. I also like what you said about it's not, it doesn't necessarily follow that um, um, highly impacted families that this is just that issue. I mean, we're seeing the inequities of so many things highlighted by these COVID times because I'm here in my little Victorian house and there's two teachers and two students and I have had internet issues and I have had my daughter who has missed classes because she has tech problems and then the the rest of us were zooming with other people at that moment so Mm -hmm. it's not just an an issue of whether or not a family has internet or whether or not there's distractions. There's so many things that can like just make it really challenging. I mean, I keep thinking about all these people who have these lar- these big open concept houses. Yeah. And this how that's time. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would put myself in a closet. I mean, I almost have put myself, in, you know, just to make sure I'm in a place where I get the best Wi-Fi. We were having issues with in certain areas of our house. It was it was just not working at all. So, yeah, this is something that we just need to keep in mind. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's also just as simple as like most of my classes, like I said earlier, we do a Zoom where I'm, you know, giving them information and direction and we're doing kind of community music making, but then they go off and do an individual thing on Google Classroom or Seesaw or whatever. And just really making sure all those directions are explicitly clear. So if a kid wasn't at the Zoom, they can still do the asynchronous activity. And this is what I tell the parents when I'm you know, having messages back and forth, oh, well, they weren't able to make it to the Zoom. And I say, well, there are still activities they can do on the Google Classroom and the Seesaw, so I know they're engaged in music making. You know, if parents are able, to, or if kids are able to do one or the other, at least I know they're involved in music. Now, if they're not doing either, that's when I need to, you know, collaborate with the classroom teacher and our attendance secretary and see what's going on and how I can help. But just allowing that that accessibility for our students to do the work asynchronously on 
on their own later is really important. Exactly. So now it's time for a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, a little something that makes our teaching life hopefully a little easier. So Tanya's got one today. All right. So I'm going to talk um, about how this has helped um, over Zoom classes, but you can easily take it to an in-person class. I've been using some online timers that you get from YouTube with students in this way that when we have a like class discussion over Zoom and when I have a question, you know, sometimes I do, hey, raise a hand if you can tell me blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I do that, but um, I really am looking for kids to be engaged. And so I've started using the chat in Zoom. Now, much of the time I have the chat closed down that the kids can't use it because you know that they get on there and they're like, hey, you, hey, LOL, LOL, whatever. <laughs> but um, I want to use the chat in a productive way. Um, but you have to remember that typing something in the chat can be a little stressful, yeah. you know, because there's typing skills, there's spelling, there's all these things. And so I've taken to like posing questions and also showing them, giving them a visual of like the question written within a Google slide. So I'm sharing my screen and there's the question, like, what do we talk about when we talk about music, for example? And then I have a little timer. Now I've been going with like 15 seconds and you can find these on YouTube really easily. Mm -hmm. um, I like to opt for the ones that don't make noise as it counts down because I think that's distracting, but it does make noise at the end. There's some rainbow timers that are really fun um, that like build a rainbow during the 15 seconds Aww. and then a little noise at the end. Uh, so I'll say, so I have this question for you. I'm going to say it. You can read it. And then when I hit the timer, you have 15 seconds to type it in the chat, but don't hit return or enter until the timer goes off. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's great to see all of these answers, boom, all at the same time, filling up your chat. Nice. So that's been working really well. And then I can also chat one-on-one -on -one with a student. So if I do like a, couple of questions in a row and I notice that someone's consistently not answering I can always like private quickly say oh hey um I noticed you haven't given us any answers is everything okay right right anyway so this is something this wait time that I often have to remind myself to do in person but then I was thinking um this could be something easily that you could do in the classroom and you just have that timer on your whiteboard, your smart board. And so you give them think time and then they can raise a hand. Right. Yeah. So that's a great that's, reminder. Yeah. It's just, and it's a fun thing um, for the kids to get in the habit of doing. Totally. time for our coda section where we talk about something we've been enjoying in or well I guess it would be out of the music room 
Yeah, officially out of the music room. And mine is definitely not school related. So there you go. Um, I have been enjoying a podcast. It's not new, but it's I've been listening to it recently. It's the Office Ladies podcast. And this is with Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, who were both on the American office. Jenna Fisher was Pam and Angela Kinsey was Angela. So these two ladies, I guess, are BFFs in real life. Um, And so it's just cute. It's a rewatch podcast where each episode they uh, talk about one episode and they're just going in order and they talk about, you know, fun little trivia things and fast facts and, you know, things that you may not have noticed or known about um, and just things that cracked them up. And I love the American office. I've rewatched it many a time. Um, So what I have enjoyed doing, it's just my little quarantined fun is I listen to an episode of the podcast and then I watch the episode right after so I can see all the fun little Easter eggs and tidbits that they talk about. And sometimes they have guests on different stars that have been on the show. So anyways, if you are an Office fan, it's just a fun variation of just watching The Office over and over and over again, which there's nothing wrong with that. I do that. But this is uh, <laughs> this is breathing new life. I have a viewer guide. Exactly. And it's just fun. I, I just enjoy like movie trivia and TV show trivia. I just enjoy all that kind of stuff. So it's just, and we fun. love two people podcasts because those are so awesome. Of course. Yes. They have a lovely rapport where they give each other crap and it just reminds me of being you, Tanya, because we, yeah. we heckle each other sometimes too. It's good. Good times. Good time. <laughs> so that's mine. The office ladies podcast. How about you, Tanya? Well, okay. I was going to talk about yet another time travel book that I'm reading, but actually I'm not going to because last night me and um, the children, my children made up a game. You made up a game? We made up a game. It is so dorky. Okay. My children, they, um, okay. So this started because of something we had seen on one of the late shows, but we created this game and here's how it goes. Now I will tell you up front that this is a music geek game. Nice. And um, my husband did not participate or actually we made him participate for a few minutes and he was like, I no, I got to go. I can't do this, which is fine because the game is all about humming and so what we did is we sat down and we cut up um, lots of little pieces of paper and uh, we decided what songs we wanted to like hum and have each other guess. So some of them were Christmas, but actually I wanted to do like mostly Christmas, but then my daughter was like, no, 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 we have to do other songs. So the thing that was fun about it is that they had to be songs that like all of us know really well. And so there are song- there are songs that we hear in our house. They're like, you know, unique to us. Yeah. And um, so we wrote down all these little slips of paper with songs and then we fold them up, folded them up and put them in a bowl. And here's how we did the game. You need the papers and you need a um, timer. So I used my iPhone timer. And the idea was that I would like pick out one of the song slips and then I would have to hum a song to my daughter and I would start the timer as soon as I started humming and we'd see how fast she could identify it. Oh, so it's like name that tune. and It's like name that tune, but you have to hum and you can't yeah. like do any motions. And then I would pick another slip and hum it for my son and see if he could get this one like faster or slower than she did. Fine. And then whoever, whoever gets it 
gets their song fastest um, gets the point. I love it. And then it's my son's turn and he hums one for me and then he hums one for, so we tried it both ways or different ways. We tried it doing it like the way I just described. We also tried it that one person hums a song and whoever guesses it first gets the point. Right. But I was too good at that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was just a, a fun game that we made up. And um, then, you know, my son had like more ideas. He was like, okay, now this time um, I'll ha- start singing the song and humming the song. And then you have to take over when I stop. Okay. And so we, we did it that way. That's fun. And then <laughs> just for fun. Um, and this came straight from like um, James Corden's late show thing. Um, you have to put headphones on and have a different song playing and hum the song on the slip. Oh, that's going to challenge your inner hearing skills and all that. Exactly. So anyway, I geek that I am, I'm like, how can I bring this in the classroom? And I thought, you know what? Just let, let's leave it alone. We're having fun. We don't have to bring it into the classroom. I mean, you could, but anyway, um, so like my husband is not, I, he doesn't, he's um, just, he's not a musician. He's not, his, his inner audiating, his, his inner hearing is not, um, is not as advanced. And um, my children though, they've, they've got that, that going on. So yeah. it was a fun inner hearing game and a fun, a fun game to play. And, and I'm thinking of more ways, variations we could do. I thought, you know, another thing would be fun is that you hum the song and then like you check it out on Spotify and see if you're in the right key. Oh, that's total music nerdy. Yeah. That would be so much fun. <laughs> Does your game have a name? You need a name for this game. You know what? I kept asking the kids, I was like, what do you want to call this? And they're like, um, I don't know. Ho hum, hum. Ho hum. <laughs> I like it. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Our show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be talking about our top three ways to unwind and recharge over winter break. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie wishing you happy musicking.